Good morning and welcome to Faith in Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan. I am your host and also the publisher of the Palm Coast Observer and Ormond Beach Observer newspapers. And uh, I have in the studio with me today my good friend Janine Devaney. Hi, Janine. Good morning. Janine has was a FPC grad in 2003, lives here with her family in Bunnell. And um, you're on the show because you are the Relief Society president of the Bunnell Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is the same church I go to. And um, I thought it would be great to get your perspective on what 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 um on the the big things that we do every every day as faithful people to try to pray and read the scriptures and go to church not necessarily every day but um to try to you know build our own faith and that's what the show is all about building faith strengthens our community and so as with every um interview we try to focus on things that kind of most faithful people have in common in ways that we try to build build faith in general. So we'll get into some of that. And I wanted to also thank um, three sponsors of the show, Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates. Thanks so much for believing in the show and trying to also strengthen the community. So Janine, what exactly is a relief society? I'm glad you asked that. I was just Hoping that we would be able to address that. Well, so, even if I didn't, you could butt in and, out and tell me. So anyway, go ahead. What's a Relief <laughs> so Society? The Relief Society is an organization that was formed specifically for women. Um, it's actually the, the largest uh, women's organization in the world. Um, started in the 1800s after the church was organized. Um, but we focus on relief in our community. So essentially, um, members of our faith that might be struggling with things, whether they need meals or um, spiritually up, be, be spiritually uplifted. Um, we try to do service projects, but essentially we're a women's group that works together to strengthen each other and to lift each other up. Very cool. And so how long have you been the leader of that organization? Coming up on three years. Three years, it really? It feels like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there's no paid positions Correct. So this is you were you were called into this position, but you're not compensated. But do you feel like you have been? How have you? What have you learned, and how have you grown from being in this role? Do you think that's a? I feel like that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, because if you haven't learned enough, then you're going to be in it a lot longer, or? right? <laughs> Potentially. Um, well, when I was called to the position, I was actually a brand new move in to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, a return I, move in. Right? A return yeah. move in. So I grew up in the area. Um, lived in South Carolina for about 17 years and moved back. And um, as soon as I moved back, they wanted to meet with me. And my parents said, oh, I hope they're not giving you a calling. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm sure they're just going to welcome us, you know, just chat with us. And then um, that Sunday morning when we spoke with the bishop, he extended the the call, the opportunity to be the Relief Society president. And I feel bad because I kind of laughed. And it's a big job. It is a big job. It's very time consuming and it's definitely a sacrifice. Um, at the time I had three kids and a five month old and I had moved back to Flagler to help my parents. And so it was just kind of a little bit overwhelming at first, but I, I really felt like um, that the Lord has had a reason. 
And so I accepted. And I know that there's been a, it's been a struggle at times, but I know that the Lord has blessed me and blessed me, especially with, um, with the moments that I needed to understand that there's a reason that I'm in this calling um, for this time, and there will be an end at some point. <laughs> so but what's what's the reason? The reason for what 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 did you feel like? If this is all part of God's plan for you, what you know what what have you learned about you know what God has in store for you, or or um, what, or for the women in our group? Yeah, I mean that you're there to serve others, right? You know, so I think the best way that I can serve is to help women know that they're loved and that um, I'm happy to meet them where they are. They don't have to be anybody in particular. They don't have to be living the gospel perfectly um, in order for me to to be there for them and to let them know that I love them and that the Lord loves them and that it's okay. None of us are perfect and that we're all striving to be better people. Mm -hmm. Seems like kind of a common human problem that we have that we sometimes feel unloved or forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, what, 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 what do we do? What, what's, what's the advice that you would give to people who feel that way? Uh, Uh, my advice would just be to reach outward. If you're feeling overwhelmed individually or lonely or feeling isolated, as uncomfortable as it is, I would encourage people to reach out. Um, whether it's to reach out to a friend, reach out to serve, um, just to chat. I think it's really important that we don't get wrapped up in that loneliness because that's one of the tools that Satan uses is loneliness. Um, and I think, um, in our women's organization, we try to plan monthly activities just to help sisters connect. Um, and I think that just showing up to activities, showing up to church on Sunday is one of the ways that you can overcome that loneliness or just to, to feel better connected with individuals around you. It's interesting, though, because when you feel lonely, you feel unloved. Right. You don't want to go places. Right. You know, you, you, you assume, because I kind of feel unloved, that if I go, then no one's really it's it's too much if i get there and then i'm i don't feel that connected right. it's going to make it even worse right have you ever felt like that before going to a meeting or an, an event oh individually yeah. absolutely yeah. right so Just, have i right um and did you ever feel worse afterward no i don't think <laughs> it I've always ever. works right yeah, i it mean does. it's it's interesting it sounds counterintuitive mm-hmm. but somehow and i always think of even just any kind of community event, you know, a concert or, you know, there's a first Friday on Flagwood beach, like mm-hmm. being around other people, there's little connections, little magical moments that happen. Right. How is God involved in or interested in those little moments? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. He's in every detail. I call those tender mercies. Mm-hmm. And there's a talk in our church a long time ago about um, the Lord being mindful of those little things, whether it's seeing somebody at the right moment or um, being able to recall some information at the right moment. I, I call that a tender mercy. It's the things that seem like they could be coincidences right. or that could be reasoned away easily. And we right. always try to do that for some reason. Right. <laughs> so, no, I, I always love it and appreciate it as yeah. the Lord's blessing us with the tender mercy. Yeah, so let's talk, let's stay on this uh, subject of church attendance for a minute, Um, because there is a lot of, like, as a Relief Society president, you make a lot of assignments. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because there's a lot of work to be done. Right. Um, so when people are willing, like you, you were very busy, you had a lot going on and you accepted this really big role, which is basically like a part-time job, sometimes almost a full-time job at times. But what does the, um, how are people, when they do respond, um, you know, when you ask people to do things and they do respond and do it, what do you think that they gain from it? Oh, I think there's so many things, but... Um, like make a meal for this person. Right. Sometimes people would be a little... Sometimes they're jumping at the chance. Sometimes they're not, right? right? They're like, okay, I'll take the assignment. Right. I got asked last time, but sure, I'll do it again. Right. Well, just last night we had a Relief Society activity. We made um, chocolate-covered strawberries and bonbons to celebrate Valentine's Day. Hmm. But that was actually part of our discussion was that... Um, we were talking about love, but it goes the same for service that it's important to give service, but it's also really important to be able to receive service. And the same thing with, we were talking about love. It's important to be able to, you know, love somebody, but it's also important to be able to receive that love. Um, and I think it's the same. It's when, if, for example, if I was to ask somebody to take a meal to somebody, um, then the person who needed the meal would be blessed because they would have a weight lifted. But also the person providing the meal is also blessed. There's both parties benefit. It might be a sacrifice for the one providing the meal, but there's always blessings that each party receives. Seems like it's mostly what what your mindset is. Right. That's true. You know, if I think that I'm making this meal for someone and it's kind of a drag, you know, it's, it's imposition, mm-hmm. then it might not make me as happy right? <laughs> as if I do the exact same task of making this meal thinking I am sacrifice. I'm making a sacrifice. I am putting this, my time on the altar, you know, mm-hmm. to, to bless somebody else that that can somehow make you feel totally connected with God right. through your connection with somebody else. Yeah. It's about consecrating those efforts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's totally about your attitude and how you go into it. If you go into it with a prayerful heart or, you know, one of offering, then the Lord will consecrate that effort. So our own choices can determine how holy and sacred our time is. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the only thing that we can control <laughs> is whether we're going to have that kind of attitude or that's not. That's true. Absolutely. Um, so what about... Um, the the other we, in I think maybe other churches do the same thing, but we always in our church call these like the Sunday school answers. Like mm-hmm. they're they're the answer to every problem you have. You could read your scriptures, you can pray, and you can go to church. What about um, prayer? You know what what do you feel like you get out of prayer? It's your own personal time. No one's in. No one. Bar, no one's barging in on it. Well, people well, probably people probably do. <laughs> Maybe not your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but your kids do. <laughs> what What do you um? What What is your need for prayer, and what do you get out of prayer? Mm, I think my personal need for prayer is just peace. Um, I I mean, there's been sci- scientific studies that say that when you stop and pray, like it. And it boosts endorphins and things like that. But I think truly for me, with the state of life that I'm in, with um, being a homeschool mom, four kids, one toddler, other things happening, um, mm-hmm. 
it's easy to just be going all day long and not have a spare moment. And so for me, prayer time for me is just a moment to stop and literally to take perhaps the first deep breath I've had all day. And that's important. It's important to slow down. It's important to reflect and be grateful. Um, Usually the way we format our prayers is we talk about like all the things we're grateful for. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the, the roof that we have over our head, the food that we have to eat before you ask for things. And I remember as a kid, I was encouraged, you know, if you're having trouble remembering your prayers, then perhaps at night you could just talk to Heavenly Father about all the things you're grateful for. And then in the morning, talk to him about, you know, what you might need blessings for. Mm -hmm. And that was really pivotal for me because we have so much to be grateful for. And um, I don't know. I just I kind of forgot part of your question. But Well, it's all relative still, it seems like. You can be, if if you're looking for things to be grateful for, mm -hmm. And you can always find them. Right. Um, but if you are focused mostly on what you are missing, then right. you, it's easy to be miserable because right. you're always looking at how bad how bad things can be. I remember years ago, Elder Eyring, um, who's a leader in the church, um, gave a talk about seeing the Lord's hand. And he said that he would keep a journal of all the ways that he would see the Lord's hand that day. And so I could just imagine, like, as you keep that journal... It, your list probably gets longer every day mm -hmm. of, to see and recognize all the little things and the little ways that the Lord's hand has been in your life every day. And I think it helps you to be willing to give credit to God mm -hmm. when things happen. Absolutely. Um, I always think of this, the, uh, the little joke or the, the anecdote of, uh, someone's on top of a roof and there's flood, there's a flood coming mm -hmm. and he's praying to be saved. And then, uh, all of a sudden a helicopter with a ladder comes by <laughs> and, the guy on the roof prays again and says, "Never mind, I got it all under control. Right. Uh, I found this ladder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when really, th th I think that's kind of human nature. Right. But um, if we're in the right mindset, then hopefully we're saying that's exactly what I was praying for, and right. that's what I got. That's my answer. And your heart just kind of like opens up, and mm -hmm. and that's where the joy can come from, even if you're got a flood around you. Right." Yeah. Very true. So what about um, scripture study? How often do you read your scriptures? Oh, you my mean? gosh. You're going to ask me that right now. Um, I truly I know you do often. <laughs> Not as often as I should. Um, I honestly, in my state of life, if I sit down to read, I fall asleep. So I often listen to the scriptures and listen to talks. Me too. Um, so uh, I listen while I drive yes. some, sometimes. You know, and, um, but yeah, it is, it's very difficult in the kind of world that we're in mm -hmm. and especially in different stages of life. Like right. if you've got a toddler and other kids and you've got, you know, you're helping take care of your parents and right. all these different things, like how do you create time for things like personal worship in, you know, on a day to day basis? How, how do you do that? As a mom, I stay up way too late <laughs> and then have that quiet time. And then before I go to bed, I read. <laughs> My wife uh, sometimes doesn't like to try to fall asleep because it's the first quiet moment yes. of the day. You I know? know. That's why I stay up too late because once I find it's in bed, then it's, the house is just quiet for the first time all day. And then I just want to sit there for a few minutes and enjoy the peace mm -hmm. before I do anything else. Indeed. 
Um, if you're just joining us in the middle of the show, my name is Brian McMillan. You're listening to Faith and Flagler, and I have in the studio with me today Janine Devaney. She's the Relief Society president of the Bunnell Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and uh, we're talking about um, scripture study. So, um, when you, um, what's the difference between reading scriptures to you and studying the scriptures, mm-hmm. and, and how does that? How does that impact you when you when you try to study? Uh, well, reading is just getting base stories. What what's the story saying? What's the basic doctrine? But really, studying the scriptures is, you know, the the scripture that talks about um, living the letter of the law versus letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. And I think studying the scripture is truly trying to understand, like, what is the Lord trying to teach you. What what experience should you learn from this story? Um, so, I think to put it basic is like scripture study is the bones, but scripture study is more the meat that comes mm-hmm. on the bones. Yeah, um, I think that uh, having figuring out how these stories from thousands of years ago sometimes how what do they really have to do with me today? Right. In 2024, um, yeah, it, it, it sometimes it sounds like well, the answer is probably not very, not not much, um, but um, the this is this is not just any book, you know, like the Bible, for example, and we have other scriptures in our in our church, but in the Bible, um, you know, these are the words that you know God didn't intend for these words to just sit there for one culture, mm-hmm. you know, they were for all mankind, and so they. When you think of it that way, then yes, they do matter to us still. And, right. and um, um, so we talked a little bit about um, before the show that we could talk about the woman at the well. And there's paintings of this, you know, of the, of this scene where you think of Jesus, um, the son of God, sitting by a well, at, and he has human needs. Right. He need, he's thirsty. Right. He's looking for water and he's asking this woman mm-hmm. who culturally, you know, this is not really the normal situation culturally to give him this a drink of water. Um, what does it mean to you to think about that, that, you know, you, you paint that picture. This is in John chapter four. You paint that picture of Jesus having this very brief, but heartfelt. I mean, we're talking, there's, like 15 verses here just with this one conversation of Jesus and this woman at the well. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you to think of Jesus taking that time just one-on-one, you know, sitting across the well with this woman? Well, I think it's even beyond that because what we know about the woman was that she was by herself, which Mm -hmm. getting water from the well was a cultural thing that the women did together. So the very fact that she was alone kind of indicates that she was kind of an outcast from society, that she wasn't like a, a well-to-do person. And so the very fact that the Savior was asking her um, means that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, the Lord reaches out to everyone. In fact, it seems that he went out of his way to talk to those, mm-hmm. talk to them. Um, and maybe in our society, um, it's easy to kind of feel a little nervous around somebody who appears to be very different from you or from, you know, right. whatever. But um, what do you think it means? And in in your in your role as Relief Society president, you are not just 
hanging out with your friends at church, right. you have certain job, certain tasks that you need to do. You're trying to serve and right. you're trying to put yourself in the position to bless and help somebody who you might not have ever been friends with in the church. Right. Um, so um, what does that do to you? What does that do for you to kind of develop those kind of connections with people who you would not have really met, really wouldn't have necessarily hung out with in general? I'm not sure quite how to answer that because I feel like I've always, I've never just stuck with just my close friends. I've always talked to everyone. I've Mm -hmm. always um, enjoyed hearing different perspectives about life and different things. Um, But I do feel like in my position specifically and, you know, after church time trying to be utilized to, you know, make assignments or connections or like speak to specific people. Um, it gives me an opportunity to reflect on um, all the challenges that people have. And sometimes that can be a heavy weight, but it's also a reminder of how really blessed we all are. Mm-hmm. Um, that we all have challenges, but we also have very many blessings that go yeah. along with that. I think that in serving others, a lot of times you feel the love that God has for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And by extension, also, I mean, in, it, it, it could just as easily be in other circumstances that I'm the outcast. I'm mm-hmm. the one who, you know, is, is uh, the outsider in that situation. And um, that's extra comforting <laughs> to know that God's also looking out for me as the outcast. You know, he would sit with you. He would sit with me um, at at the well. It's also heartbreaking at times, though, too, because not everyone knows that they're loved. Not everyone knows that the Lord knows them intimately and knows their trials and struggles. And um, so when people don't always understand that or see that or feel that, um, that could be a heavy weight. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the comfort that you can feel if you can access it is right. is really priceless yes. and is really what is at the heart of, I think the, the wor- the whole worship experience Absolutely. is feeling that connection with not w- with other people. And sometimes that's how it all, that's how it does happen, but not only feeling connected to other people, but feeling connected with deity. Right. And, um, so in this, in the, in the story, um, he tells the woman that, um, that, uh, the water that he can give can be a well springing up into everlasting life, Mm -hmm. uh, which is this, you know, amazing sentence, you know, amazing idea that, um, that we can have, there's something that is eternal in us that can be eternal in us. Um, what, what, what thoughts does that bring to mind for you? Um, well, I just, just refreshing my memory on the story recently. I just listened to it. It's um, it's interesting to feel it more as a conversation and the woman saying, well, yeah, if I wanted to, or if I could drink of something like that, I'd be interested, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just funny to listen to it at, at that time, listening to it more as a conversation between them. Um, and so of course it piqued her interest. Yeah, she's interested. And then he said that, well, you can do that. And then once she received that from him, she wanted to go back to the, her community and share it, which I think is also notable that this outcast originally in the beginning of the story went back to her community and shared this and people came back with her. They mm-hmm. wanted to they see for themselves. Yeah. yeah. They were and willing so, to listen to her. Right. I thought that was notable. Absolutely. 
Um, well, hopefully, um, there is, you know, we can have ideas of what we can do to go and share the, the good things that we have from, from our own faith. Um, Janine, again, thank you so much for being my guest on Faith and Flagler. I know you've been looking forward to it. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, But thanks again to the sponsors of the show, Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for supporting Faith and Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. I agree. You know, you think about the the woman at the well, um, what her faith did in that community. Mm -hmm. Um, The you know, she went from being feeling like the outcast to go and lifting other people up. And I think that that can happen in our community. Um, and so I hope that people can do those little things on a daily basis that help to, uh, to strengthen their own faith and others and hear the words of the Lord. Yep, exactly. So you can listen to all past episodes on Spotify and Apple, and I'll see you next week at 9am on WNZF radio. Thanks for listening to faith and Flagler.